If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Nature has a way sometimes of reminding man of just how small he is. She occasionally throws up the terrible offsprings of our pride and carelessness to remind us of how puny we really are in the face of a tornado, an earthquake, or a Godzilla. East into the quarantine content via the podcast channel, huh? Yeah, what better time to decide to start a podcast than when there's already there's already two million of them and growing oh man and when nobody and nobody's driving anymore so nobody has the time to really listen to them (laughs) (laughs) they're just yeah they're just piling up just piling up hey the the important thing is we're putting them out there we're we're working we're got we're working on our pod bods (laughs) oh my, (laughs) my bod has never looked like a pod more it's about to hatch something's coming out Right, yeah, there's a second one of us that's going to be birthed. Sure, to yeah. T- to take over for the next phase of existence. The new shinier <laughs> version of of you that exists entirely on the internet. That's right, yeah. we. <laughs> you pick whichever filter uh, yeah. su- suits you for your everyday face and then... Yeah, and you shed this meat form like a goddamn snake, a glorious golden <laughs> snake. I'm the lawnmower man now. <laughs> I man, I so I don't know that I've ever truly watched the lawnmower man because when I was a kid, I got really into. Uh, so I moved to I moved to America from Scotland when I was ten. When I was a wee laddie book, uh, and we so I've I've talked about this on the pod before, but in Scotland, like we didn't believe a lot of the things that we heard about America. We were like, oh. <laughs> the uh, super nintendo get out of here you know <laughs> and one by one they would come true i remember thinking the ninja turtles movie i was like that's too good to be true and then right. here it is my cousins had a bootleg in london and when i came to america i told my dad i was like da da the first thing that i want is a super nintendo and he got me one <laughs> and i played it the summer of 94 I didn't see the sun. My eyes turned milky white. My skin grew scales. Uh, no, but my my brother and uh, my pal Jake really made fun of me. They called me the lawnmower man. So I was like, mm. I'm not. I'm not a lawnmower man. I'm a lawnmower boy. I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I never watched it. But he was like a man child who went into virtual reality, and it made him like a mega mind, right? And he destroyed the puny gold blooms that put him there yeah it was like the pre-internet internet or whatever yeah. and yeah he i think it was like a whole room that was involved you know yeah. uh, i remember I, I remember i remember him being in one of those things that you see at the county fair those gyroscopes yeah i think yeah i think that was part Spinning of it around and, fucking throwing up 
hot Dr. Pepper and corn dogs. Yeah, they they make you uh, live some of the toughest conditions, and obviously a carnival is one of <laughs> is one of the one of those levels. And obviously, being locked in one of those carny hell traps, you have to be in a gravitron for twenty four hours straight, and then <laughs> then you're ready to. To download your consciousness. <laughs> and then you're, the, you learn Kung Fu. It's kind of a proto-Matrix, uh, that lawnmower man. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. the Matrix where it's just one guy. Like, uh, yeah. hello? Hello? <laughs> hello? I'd like to uh, I'd like to find some porn, please. Um, hello? <laughs> hello, internet? One pornography, please. <laughs> one breast, please. You know what? Send two. <laughs> yeah, if you got time, I'd rather have two than just the one. It's nice to compare and contrast. Ladies... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Fight Island, the podcast about fictional fights and the very real island where they take place. I'm Jordan Dahl, and uh, not joining us this week is Sam Wiles, but instead co-hosting slash taking on the double duty of being a guest is my friend and yours, the very hilarious Nathan Lund, everybody. It's me. Yeah. It is me. The actual they me. love it. From uh, you just launched your own pod. We'll talk about it at the end. No plugs. <laughs> uh, you got to stay to keep, the end. Keep, it's... keep me honest. Yeah. Otherwise, what? I'll do the I'll do the plug. If I can do the plug up top, all of a sudden I have connection issues, <laughs> and I'm like, and well, s- just put out what we got. Just put the plug <laughs> out. That's what people want to hear. <laughs> um, I think it's more for the listener. Like they're on bated breath now. They're like, what's it about? Cannibalism? Why won't they tell us? Yeah, um, yeah. Is it too hot for TV? It's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot for the up top content. We got to make sure that you can keep a secret. It's Girls Gone Wild, the podcast, which is not very satisfying <laughs> to listen to because it, really you do have to count yeah. on on our descriptions of these yeah. breasts. I mean, they try. They sometimes try to put the the breasts on the microphone but it doesn't work the way you think it would right like it's like yeah i can tell it's a boob (laughs) but i don't know anything about the boob you know like yeah it sounds it sounds big but it could be small sure it's the audio quality it just sounds like static i'm gonna be honest it's 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 lacking but you know uh i feel like you gotta get at least 100 episodes recorded before you know what you've got yeah exactly exactly hundred thousand hours right isn't that it a billion hours of something right you know what you're doing (laughs) You got to really go over the top so that you can edit down the best of those are the first those are the first that's, hundred episodes. And then, you know, the rest is in God's hands. That's also my excuse when they try to kick me out of the buffet. I'm like, oh, I need my uh, 10,000 hours before I know if it's good. <laughs> you want you want a Yelp review or what? <laughs> um, so despite what this this chatter, we're not fighting uh, breasts, nor are we fighting uh, uh what was the second thing I said? That second thing. Um, but instead, we are fighting the 27 Club. This is something that Sam Wiles, you know, he wanted to do this for a long time. He's always pitching it. He's kind of edgy. He's, you know, I think he narrowly dodged being in the 27 Club himself, <laughs> racing fucking Tokyo Drifting and shit. And uh, and he's like, what could have been? But you know what? He's not here. So it's we're going to do it instead while the cat's away, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, it's called taking advantage of uh, a good idea when yeah. <laughs> when the originator of said idea isn't around to defend himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strike while the iron's hot, Sambo. Sam's kind of a uh, kind of a mix of you and me, I would say. If yeah, kind of. 
physically and uh, maybe on stage as well. He's a lot of fun. He's like, he's like uh, yeah, he's like if if I was transforming into you and somebody put a stake through that guy's heart right when it was happening. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Fro- it froze him in time. <laughs> if yeah, if we were in the uh, pod from the fly and we were transferring <laughs> together to the new pod, it would be he would come out. We just wanted to get to the other side of the room. <laughs> and so did he. Uh, um, okay, so we're going to fight the 27 Club. The way this works is it's basically just a big game of who would win in a fight between. You've played it on the road. You've played it with your pals. Uh, it's video game rules. So men can fight women. Old people can fight gay people. Young people can fight dogs. Whatever needs to happen. I like to imagine it. Uh, as a game of kind of fight island, you know, where uh, these characters within it are uh, within the, any given category are a, f- a playable character in the fight island video game, which we know it's not a video game. It's a real extant place that uh, it's a place where you go and it, uh, you know, fighting energies course through you. The island craves justice. The island craves order and the island craves a winner. There can be no ties. Um, so first up, we're going to do a lightweight round. So when you think of the 27 club, first of all, Nate, would you tell the people what the 27 club is when I say that? Cause some people aren't cool. Yeah. Right. Well, it is sadly an ever growing, uh, club <laughs> that mm-hmm. is, uh, composed of, I think, I, I don't know if it's exclusively musicians or if it's predominantly musicians, but it's mm-hmm. certain, it's certainly, it certainly is uh, talented young people who have tragically died at the age of 27. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you might, you know, the, the big famous ones are, you know, I don't want to give away any of our, uh, any of our heavyweight combatants here, but it's your Kurt Cobain's, it's your Jimi Hendrix eyes. It's your, uh, um, huh. what the guy from the doors, that lizard King. That's the, right. Jim Morrison, the late king of the lizards. Boy, the lizards have really fallen apart without real leadership. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they were. They were. They were all following Morrison's yeah. lead, and it yeah. was. A, it was apparent as soon yeah. as he died, because they. Yeah, they just lost all direction. Oh, it's terrible, and ever since the lizard community has been in a shamble. Uh, how did he even get elected? That's what I'm saying. He's not a lizard. Come on. Ever since then, spiders have taken a pretty, <laughs> pretty dominant lead when it comes to you know. What's, yeah. scaring, what's scaring kids at night? Lizards are, it's just an opioid epidemic, tearing them to pieces. They're dying in bathtubs, getting fat. <laughs> um, Showing so their yeah. dicks to people. So yeah, it is the, uh, the infamous club of very cool, very talented people uh, who have died at the age of 27, usually in some sort of famous position, some, sometimes in infamous position. And I would say this is, an infamous club, you know. Everybody's sure. uh, you know, spinning dope and uh, twirling jazz. I'm a cop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so who who do you think of when you think of some lightweight, lightweight ass, twenty seven club members? The lesser known. Uh, so maybe like uh, Lane Staley. Was he twenty seven? Ooh, who is that? He was the lead singer of Alice in Chains. Interesting. Let's see. Let's see. I'm, Let's see. I'm pretty sure he was 27. I'm pretty sure Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon was Ooh. 27. Ooh. If he is, that's huge. You know I'm a big Blind Melon head? Did you know is that? It, are you or do you just know the one song? 
Hey, come on. Give me a break. Mouthful of cavities? Come on. <laughs> Mouthful <laughs> of cavities. What is it? <laughs> nice. All right. I believe that that is a Blind Melon song. I'll take your Maybe word for you it. Remind me. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like Blind Melon. I like Shannon Hoon. He was also kind of a weird, like that weird blend of like hippie and hillbilly where he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm from the South, but I take acid too much. Uh huh. Yeah. He, well, yeah. Lead singer, uh, needs to encompass a couple of different conflicting spirits, right? To really Truth. keep the mystery, the mysterious edge, you know, despite constant, uh, radio airplay and touring. You yeah. have to you have to have a few yeah a Shannon few different Hoon. personalities. Shannon Hoon missed it by a year. Sorry, Shans. All right. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> send them back on the biplane. Send them back. Different club. Sorry, too old. P- push him out to see. Oh, too old. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. He, got to, he got, all, oh. got to live to the ripe old age. <laughs> Almost oh. out. Not tragic at all. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> forgotten over the hill. Forgotten by time. Oh, listen to that. You think that's you think that's bad? Lane Staley, thirty four. You old bitch. Come on. Oh, okay, well then I was completely <laughs> wrong. I'm, I, I, there's already enough people in it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to shove more in. Yeah, they're all whippersnappers to us, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, God, 27 seems like a lifetime ago. It does. It is. It was exact. It was exactly 10 years ago. This very night. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the ghost of Jimi Hendrix is here. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I would. Is there a 37 club? Can I get in, <laughs> guys? Yeah, the 37 Club, not as sad, but still <laughs> still a downer. <laughs> they died they died doing drugs too. A couple of aspirin. Right, yeah. For took <laughs> took, on th- took took three aspirin and then smoked a bunch of weed, forgot how many aspirin <laughs> they had taken. Yeah. Took six more. Okay, I am going to throw this one out there. Uh, I've got a couple that I think belong in the lightweight category. I think some people are going to disagree with me, but I'd like to say Brian Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, not a household name, like the, like the Mount Rushmore that you think of, like that you mm-hmm. listed, uh, right. not a household name problems with drugs, drugs and alcohol, original composer, founder, leader of the Rolling Stones. Now, uh, a defunct magazine. Um, <laughs> but he was the original guy and he died in his pool, right? Uh I don't know. Here, I got it right here. I didn't know okay. I didn't know research for this. I ate a no, whole no. I ate a whole tombstone pizza instead of looking <laughs> looking up the twenty seven club. So my research and that hey. was after that was after eating uh four breakfast tacos. After eating four tombstone breakfast pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Did you it, know that Brett Tombstone makes a lunch pizza? It's got tuna salad on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're filling a niche. Oh man, I just started putting hot sauce on everything. <laughs> I, hey, I we didn't even move this couch. Cover it in I, hot sauce. <laughs> <Let Linda add laughs> it. I didn't even I didn't even cut up the, the tombstone pizza. Oh, I just my man. I, I just picked an entry point and started chewing. <laughs> you, know? you start nibbling. It's like tearing open a package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just breached the perimeter and then kept sure. exploiting exploiting structural hey, weakness. <laughs> that's just good. That's just good tactics. <laughs> I take no fault with that. Uh, 
I like Brian Jones. Okay, here's his death. I'll click the death tab. You know what we want, Wikipedia page. Um, at around midnight on the night of 2nd sec- and 3rd July, 1969, Summer of Love, Jones was discovered motionless at the bottom of a swimming pool at Cotchford Farm. His Swedish girlfriend, Anna Wollen, was convinced he was alive when he was taken out of the pool, insisting he still had a pulse. However, by the time the doctors arrived, it was too late and he was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital at the age of 27. The coroner's report stated it was drowning, later clarified as death by misadventure, and noted his liver and heart were heavily enlarged by past drug and alcohol abuse. So it had nothing to do with eating right before trying to swim. He, he, um, wait, wait, there's more. It says they found a safe on top of him that might've fallen and pinned him to the bottom of the, no, um, (laughs) come on, come on, Jordan. A man is dead. A man died 50 years ago. (laughs) You heartless bastard. He would certainly be dead now. Um, he, so yeah, he, uh, it almost, which is like, a super drag, but it almost kind of feels like he just he just packed it in, man. He was just like, "What if I just walked into the pool?" Oh yeah, well yeah. There's that. That's kind of a classic suicide before you had as much technology before before mm-hmm. before modern uh, yeah. pistols. You had to <laughs> wait. You had to like put rocks in your pockets yeah. and walk into a lake. Yeah, yeah. You had to cover yourself in honey. And you had to- <laughs> anger a beehive. <laughs> You had, to put a, you had to put a beehive on your head and then yeah. hit, your, hit yourself with a stick. Yeah, paint a Confederate flag on your ass, call somebody a Whig. <laughs> <laughs> Get chased out of Parliament. You had, to, <laughs> you, had to, you had to roll yourself up in a carpet. <laughs> yeah. Throw yourself off of a bridge. Yeah, you had to put whiskey on a barrel and hide inside. And then the drunks <laughs> would come and sip you dry. Um, no, uh... Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 wonderful these days. The pool comes right to you. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Twenty seven club. <laughs> it's not just musicians. It's not just musicians. It's also got. You've also got. Um, look, here's for, straight from the list here on uh, Wikipedia. Robert Johnson. You know Robert Johnson. I, yeah, I saw that, and I thought, all right, I guess he was the original. <laughs> he was the first right? person to die at 27. Now, now, Robert Johnson, for those of you who don't know, was uh, kind of the uh, the one of the godfathers of the blues. He supposedly he went away and he couldn't play uh, he couldn't play guitar. Everybody just thought of him as kind of a regular. Well, he could, but he was like a run of the mill, you know, basic ass guitar player and then he went away for a while and came back and he could play the guitar like nobody had ever seen giving rise to rumors that he had sold his soul to the devil that's right the devil town. The guitar center <laughs> and he was like i really need this guitar i'm gonna yeah. bl- I, i've learned <laughs> i've been studying i've been watching videos and i'm gonna blow Listen, people's you're- mind you're 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 26 and a half years old. There's no way I'm going to trust that you're going to pay this off in, you know, monthly installments. You're going to have to give me something. You're going to yeah. have to give me something. Let me hold on. Let me hold on to either that either that hat or your entire essence. Well, I can never get rid of my hat. <laughs> yeah, but you really like the hat. He was like the hat. The the, the, guitar, the, the guitar skills are useless without the hat. Boy, it is a good hat though. He's got that uh He's got that bartender who has a pistol up his sleeve look. 
or uh, Blues Man or Soul the Soul of the Devil look, I suppose. So, uh, I honestly, I like that. I like I like uh, Brian Wilson versus Robert Johnson because I mean Brian Wilson, you know, these are both kind of diabolical figures, you know. Wait, but it's not Brian. It's it's not Brian Wilson. It's Brian. Oh, Jones. I was saying Brian Wilson. Brian, Brian Jones. Jones. My bad. Brian Wilson was only he was the Beach Boys guy, and he's Brian Wilson is still dead. alive, I believe. He's, he's only dead on the inside, right? He, yeah, well, yeah, he put on some weight, which made him dead mm. to a lot of people in California. He just sure. turned in, just turned invisible because he's yeah. not not as healthy. They were like, "Boo, no way, Gr- fatty, G- gross, gross." What do you? What do you have a podcast? <laughs> Uh, stop writing jingles for in and out burger <laughs> did he do that no i'm saying he was there He's a lot a, and yeah, so, right. so he, he probably came up with a little tune right. or two you know that yeah. he would hum to himself as he Help pulled in me the drive-thru get a burger in my mouth <laughs> right <laughs> yeah she's a little old burger with guac and lettuce <laughs> Yeah, he's singing to his shake, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, (laughs) Okay, Brian Jones versus uh, Robert Johnson. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. Uh, Especially because uh, we discussed how these are not the, you know, these people are not returned to life. Oh, absolutely. it's It's the spirits that remain. Oh. And so... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. These people have it's, have touched the void. They've they've been sent through. They've been revived for or sent back from whatever beyond to uh, fight for one night on Fight Island. You know, right? So it's like you can't really die again, but you can be, you can be defeated, banished. You can be defeated. You can be humiliated. I would even say that since Hall- I would even say that since Halloween is coming up, Fight Island Halloween happens. Uh, the whole month of September as well. Uh, sure. The, the locals celebrate it as such. And, uh, you know, it's when the spirits of the dead can come back and they are given bodies of flesh by the island to fight with. And those bodies can be destroyed. But these are, make no mistake, these are the reanimated spirits. The day after Labor Day is uh, Halloween season for me. That's what, you don't, You're not supposed sure. to wear white because you're going to get blood on it. <laughs> Because things start to get a little spooky. <laughs> if you're doing it right, man, I'm eating pumpkins yeah. every day. Yeah, you either get pumpkin guts or straight up blood on that on those white pants. Can I level with you about something? Please. Thank God you said yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I uh, I love Halloween. I love a pumpkin. I love seeing the pumpkins well carved. <laughs> I just don't have it in me. It's a lot of elbow grease. It's a lot of getting your hands all sticky. Oh, come it's on. A it's a lot what, of mess. It's a few it's a few hours that uh results in what? Like two and a half weeks of fun like on your doorstep? Two and a half days before the squirrels <laughs> get into them and are eating my well. fucking perfect home star runner that now nobody's <laughs> gonna get it as they walk by and say because they would have, the teens would have gotten it. He's coming back. Yeah, Zillennials know all about Homestar Runner. Zillennials. They, they were on the internet in 2002. 
<laughs> yeah, the they, Z stands they, for Coach Z. They were, they were teething on the on the internet as little babies. Sure. Um, okay, so the question before us is: Who would win a fight between Brian Jones, uh, the lead, the lead, the the first front man for arguably one of the biggest rock and roll bands of all time, or Robert El Diablo Johnson, the blues <laughs> Ijo, singer, Hijo del Diablo, Hijo del Diablo Johnson, who allegedly sold his soul the devil so i think strengths and weaknesses first of all i think um brian jones he's got that haircut that man had a bowl cut that looks he looks like a fucking he looks like apple computers made an acorn you know he looks (laughs) slick and rounded he looks space age quite frankly yeah that is uh oh man I think that head's gonna. Yeah, I think it's that like dome's gonna be hard to land a punch on, you know. I feel like the Beatles had the very tight, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. very uh, stylized kind yeah. of bowl cut, and then Jones was like, he got the bowl cut and then right. just left it alone for like a couple months. Yeah, he was let like, it, let more, it grow out more like a dick, more, <laughs> more like a dick, and they were like, stop, it's enough like a dick, more. Um, <laughs> So I feel like that would be. He, he would not yield. That would be hard to get a hand on. He was also a uh, a notoriously like difficult guy to work with. Yeah, yeah. He got kicked. Did he get kicked out of? Uh... Here we go. Legal depart. Legal troubles and departure from the Rolling Stones. Jones was arrested a second time on twenty first of May, nineteen sixty eight, for possession of cannabis. Brian. Cannabis. Uh, which he In said the had 60s. been. Li- which he said had been left by previous tenants. Oof, God, that 60s cannabis, too. That was that Paraquat shit. Um, yeah, yeah, it would just leave holes in your lungs. It was asbestos. <laughs> they were just owing, smoking asbestos. Owing to being on probation, he was facing a long jail sen- sentence. Jones's legal tr- troubles, estrangement from his bandmates, substance abuse, and mood swings became too much of an obstacle to his active participation in the band. The Rolling Stones wanted to tour the United States in 1969 for the first time in three years, but Jones was not in a fit condition to tour. And his second arrest exacerbated problems with acquiring a U.S. work visa. So both of these guys, uh, both of these guys love to party. Well, yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, obviously the Rolling Stones like to party too, but mm-hmm. this guy always wanted, like, he was partying on stage, you know, mm-hmm. like setting down the uh, guitar and, sure. uh, you know, trading the harmonica for some angel dust. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, it's I, like, we, we got to finish the set, please, Brian. Right. I, I also feel of the two of them, of the two of them, I feel I see Brian Jones in like his fighting form is like this round headed, almost feral, has been kicked out of the Rolling Stones on a bender, has like a like a smashed whiskey bottle in one hand and like a fucking syringe of like hyper drug in the other one. And he like shoots into his neck and almost like banes out like, oh, I could have been one of the stars, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, def- yeah, he's definitely uh, 10 times as big as he, sure. as he was in life too, too uh, much. because of 
yeah, he's just filled with uh, some of, yeah, with booze and with resentment and mm-hmm. uh, wasted talent. Sure, regret. sure. Bubbling up inside of him until it creates, you know, this the perfect fighting vessel. Uh, this this horrifying, <laughs> rippling, Bane-like creature. <laughs> uh, and and I then, think, yeah, Daniel Johnson's probably... No, uh, Robert Johnson. Ba- Robert Johnson is stoked... Mm-hmm. To not be getting tortured by the devil for the see, first time, he's got I, a little break. See, I feel like the devil is, and Robert Johnson are are buds. I feel like the devil, like that's the first one that got the business of of soul selling going. That's the one that everybody knows the story of. Uh, oh. I th- I think that he was like. Ah, Johnson, my boy, come here, sit down. No, we're not gonna torture you. You got it's big news, and he's like, you, you can play at the bars. And I see, I almost see Robert Johnson as like this infernal, like, like walking out of the shadows, like real spooky character. You know, like he has like demonic powers granted to him. Okay, so yeah, like uh, before business was good. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Robert, or Daniel, wait, Robert? Robert was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to call him Daniel. His, friend, we his friends, friends called him, his friends called him Dan. Uh, good old Robert Danny Johnson. Oh, my bad, Dan, uh, Dan. Satan, oh, Satan, oh, was, Dan? Satan, Satan was, Satan was very lonely before because mm-hmm. everybody was was more pious more sure humble and so and, yeah he, and this was a guy after a way, satan's own heart yes in a way robert johnson made the kind of like kind of blended the occult and rock and roll for the first time so kind of made it like cool mm. to be dark yes. and mysterious and scary and have because he never said that like you know, yeah, I sold my soul to the devil, but he wrote a couple of songs that implied it as much. And because this was a time where it was like, oh, you can't, no, 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 you can't say that. Especially like, you know, being a black dude who like, like from the South with the culture of like, like we're good Christian people down here <laughs> and, yeah. and being like, oh, well, I sold my soul to the devil. Like he, he would hint at it, which was still like pretty punk rock at the time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Charlie Daniels besting the devil and it's like come on man mm. you you were a better at playing the fiddle than satan himself he's been jamming with 
<laughs> D- Danny Johnson for the last 30 years. <laughs> my man, Dan. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, well, and I also think that was like the time when the devil was like, oh, I can give you guys. Oh, okay. Wait, this is a business model. Sure, 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 sure. I'll get all the talent on my side. Well, yeah, there were a lot of artists that unfortunately didn't know to, uh, you know, to be to retain possession of those those songs retain possession of those songs or their souls (laughs) yeah uh check that fine print get you know even if you if the devil gives you an offer run it by god maybe he'll outbid you know sure yeah or yeah get 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 one of god's lawyers to check it out just to mm -hmm. make sure that there's nothing too (laughs) shitty in there Mm -hmm. and underhanded yeah god will jam it up you'll get powers and a 401k maybe not check out buddha he's doing some stuff too <laughs> so yeah you're right you've got uh you've got a more laid back uh ready to ready to rock uh kind of satan's right hand man or whatever yeah. satan's the lead singer yeah and then you got he's he's Vince neal and you yeah. got uh <laughs> backing him up you, you've got uh robbie danny yeah Robbie Danny, I think so. And I'm seeing Brian Johnson as this bruiser and I'm seeing, or sorry, Brian Johnson. <laughs> what the fuck is yeah, happening? now it's, now it's Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, uh, <laughs> as this kind of bruiser, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, chubby behemoth, if you will. And, uh, sure, well, seeing, yeah, get it in there. And I'm seeing, uh, Daniel Johnson as, as kind or Robert Johnson as kind of this, uh, you know, he's got a teleport. He's got like, he can shoot bats at you. He's got like a, an infernal guitar that he can play. He can play some licks and it like makes you dance or something. And dance uh, until you drop dead. I do think the problem is that if, if, if he gets a hold of him, I think if, I think if Brian Jones gets a hold of him, He's, it's he's over. yes. I think right, he can yeah. be like, be like, oh no, you're not my bandmates, but they're not here. And he's like <laughs> taking it out on him, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I could see. Uh, yeah, if 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 Johnson were to get too close, it would be bad for him. So he would strike mm-hmm. and 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 retreat mm-hmm. and maybe try to like have lightning uh, hit a tree mm-hmm. near uh, Jones and have the tree fall on him. You know, it would have to be kind of a uh, strategic type of thing for, for Johnson. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. He would have to pick his strikes, but whew, here's the problem. I was going to say, I think he's capable of that, but I don't know that he is. I think that if he was capable of picking his strikes, you know, he might be in the 52 club or something, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I think I think as a as a force of pure chaos that's ready to burn out. I think I think Brian Jones has that that kind of uh, what do they call it the Thanatos impulse where he's like I if I'm dying I'll take you with me. Is that what that is? <laughs> well, like a death drive, you know. Oh sure, okay. Where he yeah. will t- he will tear down the pillars of Earth to get you know to he's got to he's got to win something. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I would think that uh, a very powerful force would be knowing exactly how much money he missed out on every Ooh. second, every second that he <laughs> that he did not stay alive, you know, because they're still they're still getting money Here's right the, now for for their true. for their catalog. Uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be infuriating. 
here's a little info on uh, Robert Johnson's death. This is a little insight into him. Johnson died on August 16th, 1938, at the age of 27, near Greenwood, Mississippi, of unknown causes. His death was not reported publicly. He merely disappeared from the historical record, and it was not until almost 30 years later when Gail Dean Wardlow, a Mississippi-based musicologist researching Johnson's life, found his death certificate, which listed only the date and location with no official cause of death. No formal autopsy was done as a dead black man found by the side of the road near a farm. A pro forma examination was done to file the death certificate, and no immediate cause of death was determined. It is likely he had congenital syphilis. Ooh. Huh. Just, just, just based on all of the hot ass that he slayed once yeah. he was able to rip on the guitar. Yeah. That... He, he, he died of exhaustion from having too much sex. <laughs> he, oh, Robert, you didn't hear? He drowned in ass. Yeah, his penis exploded after three weeks his of penis constant exploded love. exploded out of the back of his spine. <laughs> um... <laughs> He so, threw his back out, humping <laughs> your mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't hear? Uh, he broke it in half. <laughs> Quite literally. Uh, several differing accounts have described the events preceding his death. Johnson has been playing. Uh, Johnson had been playing for a few weeks at the country dance in a town about 15 miles from Greenwood. According to one theory, Johnson was murdered by the jealous husband of a woman with whom he had flirted. In an account by blues musician Sonny Boy Williamson, Johnson had been flirting with a married woman at a dance, and she gave him a bottle of whiskey poisoned by her husband. What the hell? So, I would just like to throw into this uh, fight that Robert Johnson also has poison whiskey bottles. He can, like, throw at the ground, and they, like, smash and sizzle, you know? Yeah. Can't touch them. Okay, Nate, this is... uh, this is a tough one. I think we've got some real bruisers here, but you're the guest. So I'm going to let you decide this first fight. Who wins? Who are you giving it to? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go with Brian Jones. He was Brian. a can- He was a cannonball. It's uh, a cannonball. He he partied too hard for Keith Richards. Keith Richards was like, "Oh, that's Shut- a <laughs> That, that, that's a hell of a warning. That's a cautionary tale, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe if I just lived forever instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, you would have. You would have. Uh, that's a, such a, a, lot, a good point. <laughs> you'd have a lot more offense, a lot more aggression from Brian Truly, Jones. Yeah, I just think, pissed. You know, I, English and pissed and dead. I, yeah, I think Robert Johnson went out and is a legend. He's going to be coming in with a lot of confidence on his shoulder, and I think that's going to give him, you know, hubris as in life will be his downfall. He's going to try to slip one past him and play some cool lick, and uh, yeah, Brian gets a hold of him and drags him down to the to the watery depths. <laughs> Yeah, just shoves his guitar up his ass, says, play it now, <laughs> Danny boy. <laughs> um, all right, ding, ding, ding. Brian Jones winning the lightweight bout, the 27 club. Who are your middleweight 27 clubbers? Uh, You know. Do you think of anyone out of the gate? Because I got one right out of the gate. Go ahead. Uh. You know her. You love her. They tried to make her go to rehab. Amy Winehouse. 
I said R.I.P. <laughs> hell yeah. She was, uh, she's great. She's scrappy, knuckle tats, drunk as hell, coked out. What a combatant. Sure, yeah, very, uh, well, God, she had such a such an old sound to her totally. voice and to her kind of, you know, aesthetic was kind entire of like, aesthetic. you know, her entire an older, an older real, time. And, yeah, real punk rock then, 50s, yeah. you know. Right, yes. Uh, yeah, like mod, like, yeah. just, I don't know. Uh, like, it seemed, it seemed, she was around in the 2000s or whatever, yeah. but it seemed like she was in black and white. Yes, yes, yes. Real, real, uh, real sloppy mod uh, dumpster fire energy, you know? And we fucking loved it. I still love it. She was great. <laughs> yeah, she, she burned bright for sure. She was Boy, incredible. she did. And to the point where, like, in her, like, late stages... She was frightening to behold. She was like a full on. It was like, whoa, it looks like you are just being consumed from within by white hot stardom, darling. Yeah, I have meant to watch the documentary about her and I haven't because I remember it was and we were all very sad. And I, and yeah. I thought I think, you know, obviously there were the people that were into mm-hmm. the. Like the gross, you know, gossipy people were into the train wreck, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of people were into the idea that she would survive and 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 escape right. the, the the tragic uh, end that was sure. possible. I think a lot of people hoped that she would be able to keep, you know, sure. work making music and mm-hmm. and would kind of bounce back. And I remember thinking that I I, I thought maybe she would be okay. Yeah. She was not. She was not okay. No, no. Instead, instead, she died. Um, <laughs> the so c- call me crazy here. So I've got a couple of people in this one, and this might end up having to be a triangle match, but maybe not because they're not entirely from different worlds. What about Amy Winehouse versus Janis Joplin? Yeah, let's do that. You like that one? Well, yeah. Who else would you throw in there? Because I feel like. See, I, I think- feel like. I Janice think, is Janice is a big one. She's she might be she might be a heavyweight as opposed to a middleweight. That's the only problem. I feel like uh, Janice is is bordering on heavyweight. I also feel like uh, oh, what's his name? The Lizard King. We were just talking about him. Yeah, Morrison. Jim Morrison could be a middle. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. I don't know when it became like super fun for people to shit on the doors, but it's been a while. Where everybody's mm-hmm. like, hey, the door sucked. And I don't feel that way. I thought they were pretty cool. They had a good sound. I, and it, people, I think people it's credit, cool to shit on the everyone. doors. Yeah, okay. I, I, actually, I think it's brave to shit on the doors. <laughs> because they, for the longest... I heard somebody call Jim Morrison the world... America's greatest poet... Okay, yeah, that's pro- yeah, that's it's a backlash to. There's a killer on the road. His brain is squirming like a toad. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was. It, it, I guess, yeah, maybe the backlash wouldn't have been as strong if there weren't so many like diehard Morrison sure. people that are that deified him. And you know, I think this is why. I put him in the middle, but I think this is why we need this because the doors are good, but like the doors are also annoying. (laughs) And there's those two types of people, which I think is why he's a middleweight. So I, I I don't know. Winehouse, Winehouse V, uh, what was her name? I just said it. (laughs) 
Janis Joplin. Double Janis J. Joplin. Double J. JJ. My friend and yours feels that feels right. They're both uh, powerhouse female leads, you know, and great and great bands with huge hits. They're bringing different energy, but they're both still right as high as they can go. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, no, they both. Yeah, they both captured a lot of a lot of attention. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I'm locking it in. Middleweight. About who would win in a fight between Amy, the powerhouse, Winehouse, and Janice, uh, Juke and Jab. Jab. <laughs> yeah, Quadru- well, and let's say quadruple. Jab. Let's say, let's say for just for semantics that mm-hmm. the 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 both could be considered heavyweights fighting slightly Truly. below their Truly. They're uh, they're walking around weight Absolutely. just for the opportunity, you Naturally. know. Not not to diminish. There was some desiccation uh, of the bones over sure. the years that <laughs> resulted in them dropping to a uh, middleweight. Yeah, well, and we should also keep in, in mind that these are the uh, the reanimated uh, bodies, uh, you know, fight bodies of these these people. So uh, yeah, they're still a little desiccated. I think these are kind of revenants with, you know, light shooting mm-hmm. out of their eyes and things like that. For sh- for sh- for sure. <laughs> couple of gozers right there. Just a couple of gozers. <laughs> gozer Zool kind of uh, a thing. Yeah. To the gozatorium. You going to watch the gozer fights tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to ask, are you scared that Dana White is going to sue you because it seems like the UFC may actually have a fight island. Oh no, I ain't afraid of him. Dana, come at me. We own the website. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we love you though, pal. Good for you. Take him down. <laughs> uh, we uh, so at first of all, I mean, strengths and weaknesses. They both obviously those pipes. I feel like this is gonna be a like a friggin' projectile fight. You know, they're standing ten right. feet apart from each other, just. <sighs> and it's just energy you know the top of the empire state or the the fight the fight fire state building i don't know uh just like flashing (laughs) lighting up the night as these as these incredible voices tangle but also weaknesses are the same too Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol inability Inability, yeah, inability to turn on to their side. Mm-hmm. That that's that's not fair. That isn't that's not nice. But you know, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, Janice died uh-huh. because because she had left uh, San Francisco for like she was on tour, I think, for a few mm. months, and she came back, and there was a new heroin in San town. Francisco. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was much stronger than what had been mm-hmm. there before. It was much stronger and than what she was used to on the road, too. Yeah, or yeah, if she if she had a, a particular mm-hmm. source, then this new stuff was much po- much more potent, and she did the same amount of it that she mm-hmm. did her her typical stash. So you know, we've all made we've all made mistakes. We've yeah. all we've all had a whole pizza instead of a, a half. <laughs> and. <laughs> We've all been meaning to eat a pizza and accidentally overdosed on heroin. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I would say that she would have uh, maybe a desire 
to seek out that same heroine and kick its ass, you know, to get revenge. Hmm, interesting. Or is it, it has it become her uh, power in the afterlife? Is she now a, a queen of the intoxicating vibe, you know, and hearing her voice makes you feel like you're on the best heroine of all time, which would really, really be an asset in fighting Amy Winehouse. Cause she's going to be like, keep it coming, baby. Or no, she was more of an alcohol and cocaine kind of gal. She was, yeah, she drank. And I think, yeah, maybe some pills. Cause this was again, not that long ago. You sure. had a lot, you had a lot of options mm-hmm. as far as ph- pharmaceuticals, uppers, downers. I think she did, uh, cause she had such a crazy, uh, schedule. Mm. She was, she was probably doing, uh, uppers during the day and then downers to go to sleep. Sure, but- Uppers, downers, every way rounders. That's uh, <laughs> alcohol. Middle this, of the road, boys. <laughs> this is M- from mimosas twenty four seven. Mimosas in a camelback. Come on, e- it's the every, dream. Everywhere, everywhere I go is brunch. <laughs> Just that power on a uh, uh, on a bed. <laughs> walk everywhere you go. You walk on a path of brunch. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, pan- a pancake this, with every step. This is a uh, this <laughs> slid is underneath. An, this is an excerpt from the uh, well, like the hungriest, smoothest criminal. This is an excerpt from the Janis Joplin Wikipedia page. Alcohol was present in the room. They found her dead on the floor of her bedroom on the morning of October fourth, nineteen seventy. It's coming up. Alcohol was present in the room. Newspapers reported that no drug or paraphernalia was present, according to a 1983 book authored by Joseph DeMona and Los Angeles County Coroner Thomas Noguchi. Evidence of narcotics was removed from the scene by a friend of Joplin and later put back after the person realized that an autopsy was going to reveal that narcotics were in her system. The book adds that prior to Joplin's death, Noguchi had investigated other fatal drug odors, blah, 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 blah. Noguchi performed an autopsy on Joplin and determined the cause of death being a heroin overdose, possibly compounded by alcohol. That's where you mix alcohol and heroin. They call it a sloppy Sunday. So, yeah, I almost, so honestly, it almost feels like, like we're we're seeing a fight developing between uppers and downers here, you know? Yeah. My girl Janice was all about riding that chill, that lazy river around the bend, you know? Yeah, she liked to couch it. She liked to couch it, like that for, girl who melted, like- remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Def- yeah. She was all deflated. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Rest, what rest, a- rest in power, queen. <laughs> <laughs> the lazy girl herself. <laughs> Just turning into a couch. The human lazy girl. Now, now answer me this. Does that mean that um, Janis Joplin would have kind of like melty powers? Like she can, she's a bit of a clay face, if you will. Right. A shapeshifter. A shapeshifter. She, gets, she can, uh, yeah, just turn into a puddle and then slide under the locked door. Oh, and if you step in that, oh yeah. And if you step in that puddle, she's going to drag you in. Come on, baby. Free love. Get into the bean bag. Get in. <laughs> I feel like maybe the first move, uh, you know, as soon as the bell rings, I feel mm. like Amy and Janice mm. would would both kind of combine their singing voices, you know, mm. to 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 such earth shattering levels that Mariah Carey's head explodes. Yeah, I think honestly, <laughs> they take her out first. You know, it, just I think it would be the kind of thing that, like, yeah, they both try to use their most powerful asset immediately, their voices, and it just yeah. like 
they keep escalating and like harmonizing with each other to the point where like every head in the room pops at Fight Island Stadium. And then the guest judge who was there, Mariah Carey, (sighs) ah, pop. And then they, they realize that they can't fight each other that way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're kind of, uh, uh, neutralizing one another because yeah, yeah, they're both very powerful and their defenses against that power are strong. Try to blast you with my sound waves. They say, no, (laughs) no, no. Yeah. Both of them have such bad tinnitus that they can't really, (laughs) they can't, they can't. It's a good point, which is technically that's a check in the strengths category. Well, yeah, yeah. On Earth, it was a negative because they mm-hmm. could never hear the phone ring. But it, in this fight, <laughs> or, or they could always hear the phone ring. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's that's a little bit of both, isn't it? Uh, did you watch a stars? Did you watch a stars born? No. The new one. No. Oh, uh, it's. I like it a lot. I've like, heard it's much. incredible. I liked it a lot. It, yeah. Well, yeah, people made fun of it, but I I liked a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But so, something that was funny to me was that. Bradley Cooper's character uh-huh. has obviously a debil- debilitating alcohol problem, mm-hmm. but he but they also try to make him like sad because he has really bad tinnitus. <laughs> and oh, no. and I just it just made me laugh because I've had it yeah. since I was a little kid, like since yeah. I was a, a teenager. Sure. I've had you know I listened to corn way too loud sure and so way to hear it man <laughs> yeah that's when it sounds real good you were trying to figure out what he was saying what does <clears throat> right yeah i wanted to crack the code <laughs> and <mean>? so <laughs> is he talking to me <laughs> yeah i thought it was a language that only i would be able to understand <laughs> yeah. and i so I, I devoted a lot of time after <laughs> said, after after school yeah he sent you after band quail <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I, I was supposed to strangle Al Gore before he even before he even got the Democratic nomination, but uh I was I I was I, it. Yeah, I, the was trying, I, I, I was trying to lose my virginity, so I was I was, I was distracted. But uh Yeah, uh it was just funny to think of yeah, that is very just funny. being like, "Oh god, I should just end it. I'm sick of this ringing kind of that, that I don't yeah. that I that I can't hear at all if I just have the TV on. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm sick of TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, it's that uh, is but, really funny. That's like uh, remember in the Dewey Cox story where they try to get his his debilitating uh, handicap is that he can't smell anything. He's right? Yeah, it went, after yeah the after losing his brother. Yeah. It, it it also takes his sense of smell. Yeah, very funny. Um, I do think so. Here's a little info on uh, Amy Winehouse's death. When he, Winehouse's bodyguard said that he arrived at her residence three days before her death and felt she had been somewhat intoxicated. He observed moderate drinking over the next few days and said she had been laughing, listening to music, and watching TV at two a.m. the day of her death. At ten a.m. BST British Standard Time fucking brits uh at 10 kilo minutes on english february anyway um, he observed her lying on her bed and tried unsuccessfully to rouse her this did not raise much suspicion because she usually slept late after a night out according to the bodyguard shortly after 3 p.m he checked on her again observing her lying in the same position as before leading to a further check in which he concluded that she was not breathing and had no pulse he said he called emergency services 
who pronounced her dead at the hospital that same day. They also pronounced, they also pronounced her timeless. (laughs) (laughs) They sealed her in Lucite and put her in Madame Tussauds. A coroner's inquest reached a verdict of misadventure. The report released on 26th of October, 2011 explained that Winehouse's blood alcohol content was 416 milligrams per 100 milliliters at the time of her death, more than five times the legal drink drive limit. According to the coroner, uh, unintended consequences of such potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. So it was booze. Um, I'm trying to see. Um, yeah, crack cocaine. So she loved the booze. She loved the crack. Yeah. I was going to say earlier that maybe I thought that she had problems with heroin, but I think that was that, uh, that guy, the singer that she kind of dated briefly. That's right. That's right. I can't think of his name. He was Pete Tall. Best Pete, or something. Pete, Pete Doherty? Pete Doherty. Sure. That guy who looks like... <laughs> was that it? <laughs> like he, that guy who looks like he can turn into pea soup. He was the Babadook, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> was Huge he kind of a... Babadook energy on that guy. <laughs> yeah, like a, scare, like a scarecrow Babadook yeah. kind of a... Yeah, he was a long body. He was a flat with, boy. <laughs> with like white shorts on and some boat shoes. <laughs> Just there, always there. And a sweater. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so I think I've reached a decision and um, I am going to let you... No, no. One. You want me to decide it? Well, I picked the last one. Okay. I think it's. I I'll think tell it's you fair. what. I How about think you you weigh in, and I will approve or deny. Okay, okay, okay. I think at the end of the day, drunk and on cocaine beats drunk and on heroin, and I think even with her ability to melt into couch water, <laughs> or whatever that <laughs> sludge is. <laughs> <laughs> into, into bong water. The waters of Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> I think even that, because you, you put this image in my head of her melting Alex Mack style and like sliding around. And I do think that if you touch mm-hmm. that puddle, it's like getting sucked into a paisley carpet, man. You never want to leave, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think, I think the problem is Amy Winehouse, she never touched the ground, man. Oh yeah, flying high. She was flying high. She's literally when they say that she was flying high, they mean it literally and fit- figuratively. And I think her Fight Island battle form is drunk on cocaine to the point that she hovers a couple of inches above the ground at all time with anxious energy. And I think she's got quick strikes. And I think she can light a cigarette and throw it into that carcinogenic pool that's soaked with alcohol and light it on fire. And I think Amy Winehouse takes the middleweight fight. Okay, I like all of that. Uh, my only thing is I forgot to say, I like to imagine Janis Joplin singing, I'll kick another little piece of your ass now, baby! <laughs> oh, that might win it for her. Oh, it, well, a, I mean, I, unless we can think of a better song for Amy Winehouse, this might all be over. No, you had a couple good ones for Amy already. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say that you know Janice gets uh, that in early as you know that's that's the press conference the sure. night before you know okay. so she's so maybe she's got uh, the 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 betters 
advantage. You know, she's Vegas. Got some odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right. putting an extra twenty on her, sure. Vegas likes the confidence. She mm. was, you know, she has uh, obviously the she has she's had more time for her legacy to build. Sure. But Amy, very uh, tough, scrappy. Mm. I mean, I, I don't. I don't disagree that the two Brits would maybe mm. have have the advantage over the Americans in both mm. of these encounters. You think because of the scrappiness? I mean, Robert Johnson, that guy was walking. You know, we're talking uh, turn of the century Mississippi. That's that's hard living. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's a a, a pillow. You know, sure. with <laughs> a feather pillow. You know, sure. just getting okay, just fair, getting fair, fair. stepped on. I will say that in this particular circumstance and i mean you know fucking she was down there janice joplin she was she's seen some grit she was on you know hate ashbury she's seen some she's seen some crusty ones in her day but i think when it comes sure when it comes down to grabbing somebody by the hair and just smashing them full force into the corner of a table or something it's got amy winehouse written all over it right i feel like uh janice was more I think hers was more of a self-destruction and then mm. Amy Amy was kind of a volcano eruption. Sure, you know? sure. And you know in that same case I, I, by that same to, by that same value she it was a summer of love, you know? That was what she was all about. She wanted to spread love. Let's not fight, man. Fuck you. Ah, slag, you know? <laughs> I can't. It's yeah. all over. Oh well, yeah, uh, for sure. I, I think that the summer of love was 67. Hey, was, come on. Who remembers? Yeah. Summer can last three years sometimes, man. I, I, I feel like people <laughs> just wanted to like punch it up or like clean it up, clean yeah. up history. So they're like, we're going ha- we're, we're to have Woodstock, uh, you know, 69, Man on the Moon, mm. Manson Murders. We're going to call that the summer of love. We're going to sure. fucking slap a shiny yeah we're gonna we're gonna put sharon tate's face on it we're gonna call yeah. it one year yeah we're gonna horrible we're gonna come- <laughs> horrible year of civil unrest well how does summer how does summer love sound good to everybody i guess that was good um so i think i'm gonna lock it in amy winehouse ding 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 she takes the middle way let's do it all right it's locked in she's the million do- million dollar baby she's the million dollar baby uh she's not actually the winner of this one the heavyweight bout. We'll make it quick. We've been going for a while, but honestly, these heavyweight fights don't take long. <laughs> heavyweight bout. 27 club. I'm going to say it right off of the bat. I think this is Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain versus Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? And then, yeah, Jim Morrison, he just was the – he was the MC. He was the Michael Buffer. Jim he Mo- was. <laughs> He was the ring announcer. How about Jim Morrison? Coming to the ring. <laughs> a man <Coming> to the <laughs> made of velvet snakes. <laughs> okay. How about this? Um, uh, Jim Morrison was going to be in the heavyweight fight, but he never showed up to training and they did a wellness check and he was dead in the bathroom. He was, at yeah, the age he, of died. 27. he was the first ghost to ever die. They brought him back for the fight and he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could say that fight Island had, you know, strict public nudity laws and Morrison sure. whipped it, whipped it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they got they they're also very very litigious on Fight Island and they banned his ass. Uh, right, yeah, he he couldn't he wasn't cleared. Yep. by by the Fight Island Athletic Commission. 
Sure. Okay, I'm going to lock it in. Who do you think? Oh, also, this is just kind of sad. Anton Yelchin is in the 27 Club. Damn. Yeah, yeah that that is sad. I I wouldn't have... I thought that maybe he was older than that. Nope, freak accident. Well, yeah, I, I remember how he died. He, like, parked his car at the top of uh, his mm-hmm. driveway and then got out to, like, punch in a gate code or something, and then the car came back on him. He ran himself over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He got, it says here on the website, accidental blunt traumatic asphyxia. That sounds huh. better than ran self over. Blunt. <laughs> the f- yeah, well, yeah, the w- a blunt asphy- asphyxiation seems tough. Like, <laughs> you, he, he was hit very hard in the head and choked to death. For a long time, <laughs> um, it's a, it's such a bummer because he was he was so funny and he it felt like he was just getting started and also yeah. it was that's literally a Monty Python joke is they're they're doing the running of the twits and it's just like this Olympic event for rich idiots and uh, one of them is sl- one of the events is slamming the car door to wake up the neighbors at one a.m. and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, they keep cutting back and forth between the idiots and it cuts back to one named Reginald and it goes, and Reginald has run himself over. And he's like, under <laughs> the car. It's very tragic and hilarious. It's what you think of every time you every watch time. Star, Star Trek or every Green time. Room. Yeah. Every time. Uh, okay. So the question before us is who would win in a fight between, uh, between a Kurt caliber cocaine Cobain <laughs> Uh, and Jimmy Purple Haze Hendrix. You know that uh, a lot of rock journalists wanted Kurt's drug of choice to be cocaine for the headline, you know? Right, right. Kurt Cocaine rides again. (laughs) (laughs) And they, and they just, and they just didn't, they didn't get it. They wanted to even, you know, manufacture it, like put some in his, you know, in his Constantly trying to slip it into his (laughs) coffee and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Try it. You'll like it. (laughs) Um, Those bastards. Well, uh, you know, um, see, this one's tricky because these dudes are kind of, wow, it's, pacifists (laughs) yeah but also it's so weird because Jimi hendrix like found life in death you know he he stared into the chaos of vietnam and found psychedelia and uh and you know a a reason to uh to kind of go forth whereas kurt cobain this guy raised in the lap of relative luxury he gazed into that and saw nothing but chaos Mm mm-hmm they're almost yeah, like these. I think it's crazy how I, I think Kurt was one of the first, uh, not not one of the first, but one of the biggest uh, examples of a time where the power and the control shifted from the artist to the oh, machine. Big time. Big and I know time. I I know that was the case with like a lot of those Motown uh, artists. Sure. And, you know, they were taken advantage of. They were. They were given crumbs and and made to to you know uh, have to really start over once sure. their catalogs were not theirs or you know I'll, I know that that happened right but also also it just seemed like Kurt wanted to do this and this and this yeah and then and then people were like no you have to do a million things every yeah. day and you're, that, you're you're booked indefinitely it definitely and, seems like that is the time that um 
that it became weaponized. The exploitation of the of the artist as a commodity for sure had been going on, you know, unchecked or at least unspoken for a long time. This feels that does feel like the first time where it was like like all right, yeah, get them. Get them and put them in this thing yeah. and if they die that's fine. Better. Yeah, even. he doesn't right. He doesn't and maybe there were just more uh more outlets that added sure. to the to that cacophony. Like I just mm-hmm. think of like you know, just all of these magazines and newspapers and MTV. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Uh, it seemed like uh, he was very just like sad and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like tortured by his mm-hmm. success, which which sounds crazy because everybody wants, you know, money and to be recognized mm-hmm. for their passion. Sure, but, naturally, but, yeah. But I think he was he was very vocal about how even though that sounds great it can also suck and be mm-hmm. awful and i don't know if uh if will you know if if it can be definitively said whether he kurt did have you know stomach pains or if mm-hmm. he was more just like had a lot of you know addiction issues and mm-hmm. anxiety about just you know, what was expected of him and mm-hmm. who, who was relying on him sure. to, to continue to produce and create. So I'm looking at their stats here and, uh, Hendrix definitely has the reach on Co- Cobain coming in five eleven, <laughs> uh, with Cobain at a five nine. And I had heard that he was kind of a short guy. Um, well, some people don't think five nine is very short, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And th- yeah, those were- are people. Those they are w- people like us who are five ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they w- they probably wouldn't be able to hear me talking about them down there. <laughs> we word word gets around. We we end up finding out. <clears throat> I do I do want to tell everybody that if you go to the um, Jimi Hendrix Wikipedia page, one of the first things you see is an incredible picture of Jimi Hendrix's paternal grandparents, Ross and Nora Hendrix, looking incredibly cool in 1912 oh damn nora look at that hat man when it was illegal for people to look cool (laughs) (laughs) they were breaking the rules baby uh first instruments hang on i'm just gonna dip in here real quick uh at horace mann elementary school in seattle during the mid-1950s hendrix's habit of carrying a broom with him to emulate a guitar (laughs) gained attention of the school social worker (laughs) <laughs> After more than a year of clinging to his broom like a security blanket, she wrote a letter requesting school funding intended for underprivileged ch- children, insisting that leaving him without a guitar might result in psychological damage. Hell yeah. <laughs> It sounds like it might have resulted in custodial uh, innovation. He, he, he would have just started, you know, sweeping around. Next thing you know, he's got a full time job. You know, yeah. that's, not, I mean, that's nothing what? to sneeze at. Who's to know? He could have been that Jimi Hendrix of janitors. I mean, we could be playing those <laughs> records these days. You got to hear this record of this dude sweeping live at the Hollywood Bowl. He, yeah, he's so good at it. People still want to hear recordings. <laughs> he's, he's still incredible of, at it of his work. <laughs> he's able. To, he's able to make <clears throat> the, sw- the sweeping of a broom like <laughs> bombs being dropped from planes. <laughs> Just Miss- the most creative person of all time. It's me. He could, he could put a rock in his mouth, mouth and make it sound like a harmonica. <laughs> it's it's me, your cousin, Marvin Clean. <laughs> Listen to this. Um, okay. 
Uh, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna click straight to that death tab because you know I'm a fucking ghoul. Um, death, postmortem, burial. Details are disputed concerning Hendrix's last day and death. He spent much of Thursday, September seventeenth. Almost thought that was today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like last, a week ago. Yeah. Or last, I don't know. Two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) September 17th, 1970, with Monica Daneman in London. He spent the day with her. The only witness to his final hours, Daneman said that she prepared a meal for them at their apartment in the Samarkand Hotel around 11 p.m. when they shared a bottle of wine. She drove him to the residence of an acquaintance at approximately 1.45 a.m., where he remained for about an hour before she picked him up and drove him back to her flat at 3 a.m. She said that they talked until around 7 a.m. When they went to sleep, Daneman awoke around 11 a.m. and found Hendricks breathing but unconscious and unresponsive. She called for an ambulance at 11.18 a.m. and it arrived nine minutes later. Paramedics transported Hendricks to St. Mary's Abbott St. Mary Abbott's Hospital where Dr. John Bannister pronounced him dead at 12.45 p.m. on Friday, September 18th. Coroner Gavin Thurston ordered a post-mortem examination, which was performed on September 21st by Professor Robert Donald Tier, a forensic pathologist. Thurston completed the inquest. I don't care. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> that Hendricks aspirated on his own vomit and died of asphyxia while intoxicated with barbiturates. Yeah, he was, He was. I think, one of the... That, that I think that kind of became mm-hmm. maybe the, the most known way that a lot of people died uh in the 27 club was Mm -hmm. asphyxiating on vomit because of drinking or drugs sure uh and then just i think you know the idea that these these people were partiers but also Uh, needed to like be left alone to recuperate to to you know to slip to to rest and though and but they shouldn't have been like if you had someone checking a little better a little Mm -hmm. more more vigorously sure. maybe maybe some of these uh people would have been able to get to the hospital sure. sooner yeah and uh, you know it's a, they say that like uh abe lincoln they you know abe lincoln lived for three days with like a bullet in his head and they probably could have saved him today oh damn yeah i didn't know that they would have had to remove the beard obviously <laughs> uh, the, the top hat was keeping his head <laughs> intact um yeah super super true um and also it's just like it's kind of that thing where it's like like maybe like maybe people aren't aren't (laughs) things like like, let people chill out yeah um but regardless of that let's let's check in on the uh the kurt cobain death tab here before we uh wrap this thing up well, yeah, that's a. It's a, a long tab, baby. It's it's a, it's a con. Yeah, that's a controversial. Uh, that's a controversial group of broken eggshells to Fol- walk on. Following a tour stop at Term- Terminal Eins in Munich, Germany, on March first, nineteen ninety four, Cobain was diagnosed with bronchitis and severe laryngitis. He flew to Rome the next day for medical treatment and was joined there by his wife, Courtney Love. The next morning, Love awoke to find that Cobain had overdosed on a combination of champagne and rohypnol. Cobain Whoa. was immediately rushed to the hospital and was unconscious for the rest of the day. After five days in the hospital, Cobain was released and returned to Seattle. Love later stated that the incident was Cocaine's first suicide attempt. Uh, so on and so forth. Um, Cobain, wow, listen to this. On March 18th, Love phoned the Seattle police, confirming informing them that Cobain was suicidal and had locked himself in a room with a gun. 
police came up, took the guns away. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, the staff at the facility were unaware of Cobain's history of depression and prior attempts at suicide. When visited by friends, there was no indication to them that Cobain was in any negative or suicidal state of mind. He spent the day talking to counselors about his drug abuse and personal problem, happily playing with his daughter, Francis. These interactions were the last time Cobain would see his daughter the following night. Cobain walked outside to have a cigarette and climbed over a six foot high fence to leave the facility which he had joked earlier in the day would be a stupid feat to attempt. <laughs> he took a taxi to Los Angeles airport and flew back to Seattle on the flight. He sat, sat near Duff McKagan of guns and roses. Despite Cobain's own personal animosity toward guns and roses and specifically Axl Rose, Cobain seemed happy to see McKagan. McKagan later stated he knew from all of my instincts that something was wrong. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Duff. All right, Duff. On April 8th, <laughs> cocaine... <laughs> Duffman is thrusting in the direction of the problem. Right. <laughs> okay. On April 8th, Cobain's body was discovered in his lake Washington. Duffman Duff says a lot of things. <laughs> Duffman cannot die. Only the actors who play Duffman can die. Ah, that's for the Simpsons heads. Uh, home, uh, his body was found in his Lake Washington Boulevard home by electrician Gary Smith, who had arrived to install a security system. Apart from a minor amount of blood coming out of Cobain's ear, the electrician reported seeing no visible signs of trauma and initially believed that Cobain was asleep until he saw the shotgun pointing at his chin. A suicide note was found addressed to Cobain's childhood imaginary friend, Boda that stated that Cobain had not felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with a really writing for too many years now. A high concentration of heroin and traces of diazepam were also found in his body. Cobain's body had been lying there for days. According to the coroner's report, estimated Cobain to have died on April 5th, 1994 at the age of 27. So I think, I mean, naked in a pit, I think Jimi Hendrix takes it. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, there's also a chance that, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain doesn't even fight this fight. And uh, yeah. Courtney Love did it. You know, dead men can't pull triggers. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to, to not imagine Courtney Love stalking both stalking the fight from, you know, the shadows of the sure. island mm-hmm. waiting for like. <laughs> To just be able to attach herself to the victor and sure. and, and suck that one dry as well. Gosh. She, she <laughs> she's Jason Voorhees' mom. Sure. Uh, she yeah she it's hard hard not to believe that she either added to his mm-hmm. troubles mm-hmm. Uh, or you know I think originally she was the his safe haven because mm-hmm. she, I I think she wanted to be near him and wanted. Yeah. To to get close to him and then I think she might have ended up turning into you know more of a psychic a, vampire. A, 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 yes, a drain on sure, him. Sure. Beca- he he uh, because- she was his muse. He loved her in The People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> so is that what you think is the case? Yeah, he that's where he saw her and was like she must be mine. I thought that would have been after he was gone. Yeah, though. you're probably right. Okay, well, I, I didn't know if we were riffing or if you were on Wikipedia. So, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, do I half the time, man. <laughs> You're reading from a Wikipedia in your brain. This is on the back of the shampoo bottle, actually. <laughs> um, I I feel like uh, uh, Jimmy had more of the lightness, the light. If, yeah, if, he has the spark. He's a, he's one of the he's one of the chosen ones. I mean, he's he looked at a broom and and saw a guitar. Saw you know, rock and he, roll in that. Yeah, he had he had kind of maybe um, a mystical, you know, uh, aspect that sure. that he was able to tap into. Meanwhile, Kurt was kind of maybe trapped inside of his, mm. you know, sh- in his uh, body and consumed by darkness. Yeah. Now, I, I I I would say that that would uh, maybe not give either of them an advantage, but it would mean well. that they. They would have very opposing energy. I mean, when I select the Jimi Hendrix character on Fight Island, the 27 Club, the video game, uh, it's like he's like this psychedelic warrior. He can do a thing where he like, you know, opens his third eye and he has six arms for a second and shoots like a beam of uh, fucking pure understanding into someone else's (laughs) mind. And then they they don't want to fight. He's good. He can float. To quote one of our friends, Nate Balding, he's got a rainbow in his brain. He's got a rainbow in his brain, precisely. (laughs) And he's got acid under his headband, I heard. So my man is tripping balls. My man is an illusion mancer. He can suck you into his illusions, you know. Come on in with me. Much like Janis Joplin would suck you into that carpet, uh, he'll be like, oh, come on, taste the dragon wine with me. And you'll be like, yeah, okay, I will. Whereas I also think Cobain... He, he's probably a bit of an energy vampire himself. He could probably suck Jimmy into his depression, you know? I, I feel like Kurt would maybe be like, um, shit, uh, not Rogue. Who, which X-Men sucks the life from you and gets your power? Oh, well, that's Rogue. Is that Jean Grey? Oh, no, it's Rogue. No, okay. It. it is Rogue. Yeah. So I feel sure. like Kurt would maybe... Kurt would be able to like touch your arm and yeah. see everything bad that ever happened. To Ooh, you. interesting. Oh, wow. And, he, and like, like throw a, it in your face. Yeah. He's like a sin eater. Like he sees like, what you've done. Yeah. 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 He, he knows saw what you did yeah. to that broom. He saw <laughs> you when cast you, it when aside. you, you made, you made your little brother eat poo and <laughs> say that it was chocolate cake in front of all of your friends. What? It was his 25th birthday. We had to haze him. Uh, He was in grad school. He deserved a little trouble. That is an incredible interpretation of the the Cobain fight. Like, uh, almost like, yeah, he like drains you and confronts you with the stark terror of the world. But here's the thing. Oh, wow. See, I, I almost see like Jimi Hendrix as having this incredible ego, you know, where he was like, I am the greatest guitar player of all time. I can make a broom sing, you know, whereas <laughs> Co- Kurt Cobain was really like this sweet kind of humble dude who would be like, oh, wow. Oh, Duff. Nice to meet you on the plane, you know, and then even be like, oh, wow, Jimi Hendrix. So nice to meet you. And what does Jimmy do? He goes for that handshake. And Cobain sucks it right out of him. Yeah, they. Uh, he doesn't. I, I imagine they shake with the left. They're both lefties. Oh. Shake with the left hand, and then you know a weak right fist comes flying from from opposite <laughs> directions. 
<laughs> and he just doesn't have the will to fight anymore. Or, is, yeah, it, or yeah, is it the he's... other way around? Does Jimmy imbue Kurt with the life and, vi- and vivality of the 60s? <laughs> well, I wonder if there would be like when ghosts are trapped here, it's because mm. they need, you know, they need a lot of time to, to, to get over their trauma sure. or t- to be able to be, to find peace and to be able to move on. Mm. So maybe Jimmy's extra time, you know, being uh, away from, uh. from, from mortality gives him more peace and Kurt is still kind of caught in the angry, tired, sad brought him extra loop, you know, like, uh, you know, he eventually, you know, he's still not there yet. He hasn't, he hasn't forgiven Dave Grohl for what he's done. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's, he's still trying to like, you know, figure out how to push Courtney Love down a flight of stairs. Are Are you, uh, are you calling it? Are you calling it? Uh, well, God, I mean, I don't, I can, I kind of feels like you're calling it. I feel like, no, you know, what I would say is I feel like that holding on to earthly Mm. emotions would be a negative. It Mm -hmm. would, it would give Kurt maybe the early edge, but then I'm going to say that goodness and peace and love Mm -hmm. went out. Because I desperately need it to yeah. in in uh, in our reality, so I'd like for it to be true in this in uh, yeah. White Island's reality. And I would say that uh, I w- I'd like to see Hendrix defeat Cobain, but also in that defeat, maybe help Kurt. I think get to get to that. I think that's exactly what happens. I think that uh, I think that uh, Kurt Cobain uh, and Hendrix meet in this field of eternal battle on Fight Island, and. Uh, uh, Jimmy is, you know, this this glowing being of psychedelic euphoria, and uh, Kurt is this sad, wretched thing of uh, of pain and uh, and torment. And just like pig pig pen from the Peanuts, you know, just all sure. this like all this sadness <laughs> and negativity. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he comes up. I think he comes up to Jimmy and he sees him, and Jimmy sees in him. He sees this kid who loves music, you know. And he's like, and he's like, wow, Jimi Hendrix, incredible. And he reaches out for him with that deadly hand shake. And Jimmy, he's not afraid. He takes it and he mm-hmm. shakes it. And the darkness starts to creep up Jimmy's luminous form. And then Jimmy goes, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and a cord rings out and it pushes the darkness back. And all of a sudden, like the psychedelic colors meld into Kurt Cobain and Kurt's like, what's happening? I remember this feeling. And, uh, (laughs) and Jimmy grabs his hand and he goes, come with me, brother. And punches him in the face. And all of the darkness flies out of Kirk and Kirk explodes. And he himself is a luminous being. And, uh, the old Kurt Cobain has been defeated and Jimmy wins it for the heavyweight bout 27 club. Ding, ding, ding. Jimmy Hendrix takes it. And then they make a fucking, oh man, they make a, they, they're on each other's uh, crossover albums in the afterlife. It's incredible. They call themselves wild stallions and it unites <laughs> humanity throughout time and space. Nathan Bond, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, buddy. This was great. 
Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Of course, man. Where can people find you on the web these days? I am on Instagram at Nathan Lund Comedy. I do the Twitter at Nathan Lund. And uh, I'm on Facebook, but I don't, you know, I, I don't want to be. Yeah, so. fuck Facebook. Yeah, let's try and focus on Instagram and Twitter and uh, leave it at that. Where, where do you store that pod body in the podcast zone? Uh, I think you can get my podcast, Chubby Behemoth, which I do with Sam Talent, wherever podcasts are sold. It is a great place wherever they grow the pods. Make sure to grab up Chubby Behemoth. Make sure to follow Nathan on all of the things. He's a very funny comedian and a very funny podcaster, as am I. You can find <laughs> me all over the internet where I'm Razor Lou. Uh, come check me out on Twitch these days. We're playing video games. We're making fun of uh, how bad I am at them. And then on Mondays, I have a different D&D live stream show on Twitch, tv forward slash better than heroes had eliza skinner on last week it was wild excellent dnd was performed come check it out i think you'll love it uh i think that about does it for this episode of fight island with no sam here he usually does the countdown nate would you count down like you're counting somebody out who's been knocked onto the mat give them the 10 count or the just, standing just, eight i think just three will do it so okay sure one, two, three. All That's right, it. break it up. It's all over for Fight Island. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.